You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. You're listening to episode number 108. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with my co-host, Adi Bulubasis. We've got the North American contingent today, and uh, I'm back from my little holiday, which maybe I'll talk more about later, but uh, we've got a few things to get into, people. We want to hear your comments. We want to hear what you're thinking about. We've got a European tie coming up in a few days. We've got some news breaking out of EPO with the Super League. We've got some news with transfers. All sorts of stuff is going on. The transfer window is still open. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. How's it going, Adi? How are you doing? Uh, I've been better, man. I just watched Arsenal get slapped for the second week in a row to start the season. London is blue, baby. It's, uh, yeah, it's just not fun, man. This, this Adi, team thoughts on Pablo Mari just like being Romelu Lukaku's bitch for 90 minutes? It was ugly. And then also that left side, man, Tierney and Tier- the gap between Tierney and Saka. That's what it looked like second, first and second leg against Ludogorets with our midfield and defense. Chelsea like, were getting huge whatever gap. they wanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm getting it. I'm getting it already. Costa saw here. Time to choose a new team. You know that? You know that meme? I know this is towards me. George is laughing at me. I know that. You know that meme where it's like delete club, like the screenshot from FIFA career mode, and there's like the delete club button? Like that's that's what Arsenal might need (laughs) to go ahead and do right now. Just Hanu checking in. Our good boy Hanu. Lambro Ultras in the chat. Lambro, by the way, is uh, Lambro was in France this weekend. Spent some time with our good buddy Martial from Olympiacos, France. So a nice little link up. They caught some League Two action. Lambro getting some, uh, getting a new French team, Grenoble FC, huge, huge club. So that's exciting for him. And uh, I think he's just got back, so he's gonna get the day off today. But uh, yeah, guys, I, uh, you may have noticed I was absent from the pod for the last two weeks. I took a bit of a holiday. I've been stranded in Canada for this whole quarantine, and I finally got the chance to see my folks for the first time in almost two years. So it was really nice. Um, good good fun. I was uh, all over the place having a great time. I brought my mic because I thought I might get bored and want to do the podcast, and it actually ended up being a horrible, horrible idea. You know why, Adi? Because they lost my goddamn luggage. So if I sound a bit worse today, that's why the pricks at Air Canada are working on getting my bag back to me, and they're going to get cursed out if they don't have it back by the time we record again. But today, slightly worse sound quality coming from me. Get over it soon. Adi, <laughs> I, I don't mean to talk a lot, but I've been listening and lying in wait for the last couple of weeks. A lot of things have happened since I've last been on the pod. Um, Costa Sa Air Canada sucks. They do. 
they absolutely blow. But that's that's not what I want to talk about. I do you mind if I just have the floor for a bit, Adi? Some things have Take happened it. that I, I want to address. I know Take we're maybe it. going to talk about some of it later, but first of all, Ludogorets game. I I don't I didn't watch it. I was on a plane, but Ruben Semedo and Hassan, the agenda grows. I was ragging on them after the first leg, but now don't put on an Olympiacos shirt. Walk, walk home, okay? Ruben, walk to Portugal. We're not paying for your travel. Just make your make it there yourself. You actually have to go through Spain to walk, so you can't walk. Swim around the Spanish uh, international waters. Don't come back to Greece. We'll talk maybe about some, some transfer news with Ruben in a bit. Hassan. Hassan, maybe I'll pay for a cab because I feel... I know you're trying, Hassan, except for when you were a prick and didn't jump in the first leg and let a free kick go over your head. But I know you're trying and you've done some good things and you've, you're a nice guy, Hassan, but I think it's got to come to an end, my friend. You can, you can come back into Renti. You can wear the red and white, but maybe just don't play so much, hopefully. Um, Henry Onyakuru. First impressions are really important, buddy. First impressions are really important. Adi, this guy had the audacity after we lost a huge game to go to Turkey and dye his hair green. Adi, this absolute idiot who wears the number seven, the prestigious number seven for Olympiacos, snatched it from Fortunis. What are you doing? I'm glad to see the haircut only lasted a day or so. I assume he flew back into Greece and they said, what the hell is that? It's not going to fly because he came in with a blonde that he had before he got it dyed. What the absolute hell is that, man? <laughs> um, so, you know, he's going to really have to impress me, Adi, at this point. I want 20 goals this season or else the agenda against Henry continues, but... I think that's about all I have to say, guys. I just wanted to get that off my chest. I did get to watch the Slovan game. I was in the airport waiting for my flight that had gotten delayed. Um, so I watched the game. Uh, we looked really good, and it was fun. And I'm glad we picked up the 3-0. We'll talk a little bit about you know that game in a bit. But, yeah, that's all my thoughts, Adi. So. Love it. Love it. It was well worth the wait. Glad you got to get that out of your system. You basically echoed what we all were thinking. Agree with it. 100% love it. Uh, we have a comment here from Viper3. Napoli down to 10 men right now. Manolas defending like a hero. Feel sorry you guys can't watch. Well, that's why we have the chat with... They're going to be down to nine like men you. when big man Marinaki comes in <laughs> with the bid. Keep us posted if anything funs hap fun happens. Don't worry, Zafiro05. You missed Peter's rants, but it's okay. You can watch it on replay. You can listen to it. It's here forever. It's not going anywhere. Love it. Love. Absolutely love it. Uh, we did miss some quick housekeeping. Uh, so we'll jump into that before we get into some of the transfer news. As Adi, always, guys. Yes. I have one more shout out. Big shout out. I don't, I don't know if this was on the housekeeping, but I have a shout out to one of the members of our blog team at oh, Gate 7 International. It. A very good friend of Adi and myself. Demo George, want to give you the utmost congratulations for getting married today in the lovely home of Savidis' nephew or whatever, Xanthi Greece. 
beautiful wedding. I saw some of the pictures online. Y'all look yep. wonderful. Congratulations, Vimo. So happy for you. Enjoy the honeymoon. Enjoy Greece. Much love. Talk soon. Adi, I think you've got a HEPA for us. I do. I do. And I also wanted to say congratulations to Vimo as well. Vimo, Maria, uh, you guys are a perfect couple. Enjoy the time that you have there. Thank you for live streaming the wedding. It was beautiful, as beautiful as anyone could imagine. Vimo, you've been my closest friend, one of my closest friends at the very least for, God, it's been eight years now, I think. Uh, anyway, I, I'm so sorry I couldn't be there, obviously, for work obligations. I couldn't make it. I'm happy I got to at least be a part of it with the video. Enjoy your time there. Enjoy your honeymoon. You and Maria are perfect together. And I'm so excited to celebrate with you guys when you get home. Now to the housekeeping, of course. Quick Ahepa shout out as always, ladies and gentlemen. If you are in interested in trying to help out with the wildfires, Ahepa is still doing its campaign to assist with the wildfire relief, especially in the, the region of Evia that's been devastated, absolutely devastated by the wildfires. They have money going out, getting resources, helping everybody as much as they can. Check out ahepa.org. You can see the link there. And if you want to get involved in Ahepa and actually get involved in trying to mobilize relief, please visit the site, find your local chapter, and see how you can get involved. Lastly, we want to thank our sponsor, Paris International. Paris International is your one-stop shop for all of your international transshipping needs, whether you're shipping olive oil, packages, cars, or relocating completely. Paris International is here to help. Freight forwarding services available to any port around the world, whether North America, Europe, Africa, Asia, or Australia. Just contact our friends, 410-675-4696, or send an email to sales at piraeusintl.com. Without further ado, Peter, I think it's time to get into the transfer news. It is, and you swooped the ad read for me on my return back to the pod, Adi. I'm still getting used to that one, but I got dibs <laughs> on it for next time. Uh, but yeah, the first thing we have on the agenda here is is the guy that I already mentioned, Ruben Semedo. So uh, we're, we're having a hard time getting rid of this guy. Yep. Um, <laughs> seems It seems like the club are pretty content with letting him go. He, he wasn't in the squad. Uh, didn't play in the first leg, and we didn't miss him very much either. Um, but it turns out when you aren't allowed to play in Spain, uh, people want you less. And also when you're, I guess, a convicted felon, maybe that's not the right term, whatever uh, off-the-field issues he has, it's a bit hard to get a work permit. Uh, Wolves were interested. Obviously, they've uh, made some business with us in the past. They have a big Portuguese contingent, so... You know, Semedo could fit in there, play in the Premier League, but he had issues with his work permit, Adi, and so the yep. move has fallen through. So what's going to happen with this guy? We can't get him away from us. It's ironic because he truly is a really talented player. I can say that objectively. But Adi, what are we going to do with Ruben Semedo? That's a good question, Peter. I mean, the from what we've heard, from what has been said, even though the Wolves deal hasn't happened, there are some interested parties, but it is going to be difficult. We have to move Semedo now for a couple of reasons. First of all, we need to make space in the in the roster. And we also are, when it comes to our non-EU players, 
we are apparently like over capacity for the amount of non-EU players we can have. So we not only have to sell Semedo, but any players that we bring in also have to be e from the EU. They have to be EU citizens. So it's making things a little bit difficult. And just so everyone's aware, 9 to 10 million euros is a discount for Semedo. It is a discount. It's necessary for one of two reasons. First and foremost, we, we want to move him. So there's going to be a discount because teams aren't actively searching for him currently. We're trying to move him to somebody. So there's a discount for that reason. And two, with the work permit issues because of what happened in Spain, we're not going to ever get you know the value for him that we initially thought because of that. So I'm curious to see if we actually do get rid of him before the transfer window shuts. And if we don't, what happens during the season? It's going to be interesting, especially if Manola makes his way in here. But we need the money from Semedo to help fund the Manola's purchase. So, Adi, I, you know, you're, you have an MBA. So I feel like you know maybe a bit more about this work permit stuff than I do. Like, I barely made it across the national border safely. I, you know, barely understand those laws. But um, is Wolves, is, is him being declined a work permit with the Wolves move basically indicative that he's not going to, that basically England as a whole is out for him. Does that, does, you know what I mean? Like if wolves have an issue with the work permit, like no one else in England is going to want him. Is that sort of what it is or, or no, no, not necessarily, not necessarily the, the work permit thing is tricky. Now, the fact that this happened does mean selling him is going to be difficult, especially if we're trying to even get what we consider top dollar, which top dollar at this point is, nine ten million eleven million um and actually um uh, dim chats is brings up here last season the best offer we got was from Benfica, which was 11 million euros so the work permit issue in england um it it's going to be an issue just not just because of what's going on in spain but the fact that he does have a criminal record so it's not for wolves were comfortable they're not in european football anyway so they were comfortable with making the purchase because, you know, at least for this year, they don't have to worry about the travel. It's a, it's something in the future, but if they have the immediate need now for the premier league, it's worth it for them. So the, the problem is going to be that you can get around these issues. And I had a discussion with an individual who has done some stuff related to these work permit issues. There's ways to get around it, but it does take investment. It does take time. And if you already don't really need this player, you know, and they don't really need him. They do want they do want a center back, but if there's other options, are you going to invest the extra time and money to do this with him? Especially when going forward, you can't use him in Spain. And if you have European aspirations, you're going to end up playing in Spain at some point. So I don't know. Uh, I actually foresee us maybe even holding on to him and being stuck with him because of that. So Adi, I have a, this is inspired by a comment from Costa Sa because you know what clubs don't have European aspirations, clubs that don't play in Europe, the Qatari league, home of Guillerme, they have the big bucks. They might be interested in Semedo. I don't know if Semedo wants to move there, but Adi, can we, can we pawn him off to Qatar? Maybe no, just no, not get for, him out. Remember, remember what happens when you deal with Middle East clubs, the money they're not going to spend money on transfers, wages. So he'll get great wages if we move him over there. I guarantee it. They'll probably give him like $4 million a season or something like that. 
but we're we're not going to get half of even what we'll call the like the lower tier high end offer. Like we'll probably we wouldn't even get four or five million. They don't give money for transfers. They give higher salaries, and that's how they get players to push themselves out. Got a bit of a surprise appearance here. Little little substitute appearance super sub coming on to give a give a spark to the podcast here we've got costa costa good to see you my friend how's it going something guys back in brussels readjusting i'm back love it back home you got a haircut too yeah man got a nice cheap haircut 10 euros in greece compared to 40 euros here thanks to the barber had to be done yeah that's unreal (laughs) <laughs> you know, I've yeah. actually been cutting my own hair. It doesn't look as good, but I've spent zero dollars on it because it's like it's literally like thirty-five Canadian dollars for a trim up here. Anyway, um, Costa, we were talking about tomato. We were we were pushing the tomato agenda. What's your take on this whole thing? Are we going to get him out of here? What do you want to do? Are, are are you willing to settle for the big offer? Are you willing to hold on to him until we get really the money that we deserve, or do you just want him? away from this club and away from Karaiskaki? I think Samedo's done. I think his circle at the club has, it's come full circle. Like, I think he's, I think he should have gone last summer in retrospect. If it's true that we got bids of around 12 to 15 million, I think he should have gone. It's always difficult hanging on to a player when his mind is already set on going somewhere else. Yes, we did renew his contract. Yes, he did get more money. Yes, he did say that he's happy to stay. Yes, he's the joker in the in the dressing room. And I've always said that I feel that his his eventual departure would have more of an impact in the dressing room than it would on the field. Um, so my my take on this is that yeah, he needs to go, but I just don't see where he's going to go. He, he can't go to England because the work permit issues. He can't go to Spain because he's got a, he's got go a sentence Spain. there. Yeah, he's got a sentence there for the next five years. Um, and in Portugal, we got high bids last year, supposedly, from Benfica, interest from Porto, but we, we priced them out. And now to suddenly, you know, go below 10 million and say, all right, we'll give him to you for six or seven, we'll make maybe two or three million profit, but I don't know. I just don't know who wants him now after, given the circumstances, he's out of the Europa squad for, you know, for performance and for, you know, misbehaviour. So I just don't know where we're going to get the money from and who's going to come and who in their right mind is going to come and bid for him. That's, that's, That's my take in short. Pretty yeah, similar sentiment. Right. Yeah. And the, the part of the problem is too, now that it seems like Cisse isn't going anywhere, we still need that money, as we were mentioning right before you joined us, we still need that money to help fund the Manolas deal or to at yep. least make the impact less. Uh, because it sounds like Napoli, and we're going to get into the Manolas stuff in a couple of seconds, but it Napoli doesn't seem interested in installments, or I should say more installments at least. So that's very, that's going to make things a little bit more difficult. Uh, but moving on from the Semedo stuff, the Manolas deal, there was a lot of stuff going on, some posts from Garapapas. 
about the deal. Um, there were reports earlier uh, in the week about Spalletti doing what he can to keep Manolas there uh, and kind of, I guess, trying to put a damper on the fact that there's an issue between him and Manolas as well. Um, so it's So there's a lot of stuff going on. But one thing's for sure, at the very least, uh, um, with all of what we saw written in the stories by uh, on Instagram by Garapapa, and, uh, there is communication ongoing. So the he, it, that he admitted that at the very least, that the communication is ongoing. Everything else, though, is up in the air. So, uh, I wanted to know what you guys think about this whole situation, if he's going to show up. What are your thoughts, Costa? Okay, where to start? So I think the fact that he's starting today for Napoli might say a lot, but it might also say nothing. Um, Yes, of course, I think there have been talks on going for a very long time. I've always said from the very beginning that Napoli is not going to sell for cheap. And stories that we've seen the last week or so that he's going for 7 million plus bonuses or that he's coming on loan. I think it's, I think they're BS to put it mildly. Uh, Napoli does have some financial problems, but their president, De Laurentiis, is not an idiot. Then Malakas. So he's not going to sell for cheap. I just do not see uh, how we can fund this deal before we get rid of Semedo or before another centre-back goes. And I was looking at it today again, and I was thinking we've got we've got Socrates, we've got Cisse, we've got Bar, we've got Markovic, and we've got Galo Yeropoulos coming through the youth system who played a good kind of five or six matches last year and looked pretty good. So uh, then, okay, you could say Socrates, uh, he might have some injury problems throughout the year. You need somebody with more experience like Manolas to come in. But you've got six centre-backs for two for two places, essentially, unless we start playing 3-4-3 three, three again in some European games. I don't know. But um, I think it's going to go down to the wire. Uh, I think it is dependent on a sale at the back. And um, are we going to give... 10 million plus we've never done it under Marinaki's guys so it would be it would be huge the most Marinaki ever spent on a player is 7.25 million euro for Daniel Podense and that's after we had him for free for two years and we sold him yeah. six months later so voilà there's my two cents on the whole thing sort of this connects to a, this comment here really good stuff from Zafiropo 5 um, yes yeah the for for audio listeners um unpopular opinion we don't really need a center back even if Semedo leaves we need fullbacks because as Costa said we have Cisse, Socrates, Ba, uh, Markovic, Karogeropoulos, um Siova no I'm just kidding um but yeah I mean like center back is a position we're relatively deep at we're really not going to use the back three at least I kind of don't expect that we'll use the back three as much next uh, this year as well. So there's less need for that depth, but um, yeah, maybe the fullbacks is, is something I, I know there's a, a couple names popping up in the news, but maybe that's more of a point of urgency. Guys, this, this connects to what we're talking about, but I don't want Cissé to go. I don't want Cissé to go. Neither do I. If he, if he plays, if he plays like he did the other day, 
where he's not making these effing stupid 40-yard passes that he tries to make with his left foot from time to time. They connect sometimes, but it's, it's, it's an aspect of his game that, that really infuriates me sometimes when he's overconfident. But when he's concentrated like he was um, the other day okay, against an, an, an opposing team that isn't that high in quality, I want that player in my team. And there was the whole discussion linked to the Manolas deal that we would sell uh, Semedo and Cisse and get Manolas and Siovas maybe on a free, uh, sorry, not on a free, but before the window shuts because he's playing Segunda at the moment. Is he, So I don't want Cisse to go, guys. I don't know about you, but for me, I want him to say. I'd, I'd rather see what, Bargo. I would rather see Bargo than Cisse at this stage. Well, and here's the thing, right? Like we, you could say the same things about Ba that people have said about Semedo in the sense that there's some problems up here. He's yeah. very talented, but there's some problems up here. But Cisse, like, you don't have a doubt. Like, he does make some mistakes sometimes. And, like, I think you're right about the long passes as well, Costa. They are a bit frustrating. Um, but he gives it everything he has, for fuck's sake, and just goes at it. He loves Olympiacos. And he and Socrates are a very natural partnership, I think. Cisse has the, the pace and speed to cover for Socrates. And uh, it worked really, really well against Slovan. Of course, not a, a top-tier team that we're going to be facing. You know, it's not Manchester City or anything. But uh, I think that partnership looks really nice. And, like, because let's be honest, if we sign Shiovas, for example, Socrates and Shiovas does not really work together. Um, at least not not, not against most teams in modern-day 2021 football. Um, but Cisse can come in and, and mesh a bit more nicely. And, uh, obviously, he has the goal threat as well, which is always... Uh, something that's good to see but i do well, still kind of want shiovas potentially to come in i i honestly I just feel bad for the guy playing la liga too he's he's so far above that in my opinion well the the thing with cisse was and speaking to that second comment by zafiro po five the cisse we saw last week is better than the Semedo that we have been seeing the past year also the cisse that we've been seeing the last couple weeks is better than the cisse we saw last year for us cisse did a lot of maturing in that half season loan in france because remember, we were all super frustrated with him because he would have some of those really, really stupid, lazy challenges that we would eat very dangerous fouls from. And that was something that he did a lot during his career with us. He would use, he would just stick his leg out, of course, because the guy is a giant. His legs are like four feet long, too. So he would just stick a leg out, make a dumb foul, and then we would eat it for it. But he's matured a lot. That he had an amazing loan spell with Saint Etienne in France. And then since he came over the summer, when you look at the games that we played, and as much as we got upset with so many different players and their poor performances, Cissé was usually the standout that was, no, can't really fault him. He His effort was there. I mean, striker Cissé showed up in a couple of games as well, getting touches in the box. You want that effort. You want that energy in your team. That's something that we consistently talk about on this show is we want the players that show the energy that give us that life on the field. And if Cissé is one of those guys and he's going to keep doing that, we can't afford to get rid of him. And I agree. We should keep him. And at, at this point, if Cissé is going to keep playing with that, we have a surplus of center backs plus young ones. And we have a wonderful ball playing center back in Markovic. There's no need to put up with the nonsense from Semedo. Why should we? Markovic has looked great every game he's played for us. He's looked solid. I think we should invest with him. 
You know, and if that means maybe we don't make as much of a profit on Semero, so be it. That's 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 how I see it. And I agree 100% that we should be focusing our efforts on left back. Uh, but the the interesting thing with the fullbacks is that we've seen some of the context change. The links, the names we were linked with before at left back were names that probably would be starting. But then the more recent links are those of like, these guys are definitely backups. Like the Jonathan Silva link, the Leganis left back in the Segunda division. That's not a starting left back. That's a backup for Oleg. And that's Former fair. Former teammate I of think Shilvas, by the way. Say it again. Former teammate of Shilvas, by the yes, way. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. But that's, that's, I think we're seeing a lot of context shifts with respect to how some things are happening at Olympiacos. And I, you know, Oleg, his execution is, well, it was better last game, but it's been overall quite poor since he's arrived here. The effort's there. And I think we need to reward the effort. He's a warrior. He run. Okay, maybe he runs and he doesn't think about the long-term 90 minutes saving energy sometimes, or maybe he kind of overstates his speed or overestimates his own speed, but the guy leaves it all on the pitch. And this is what we need on the field. In this transitional period that we're in in the club as of right now, we need the players that are willing to bleed for this, for this Fanella right here. And that's who you want on the field. Tactics can come later once we get this, once we get the heart back on the pitch. I also think the decline in left back, I guess the market for us is is probably due as well to not being in contention for Champions League anymore. Like, um, I, I know that this, this was a while ago, but I'm thinking about players like Sergio Escudero. Um, you know, as much as he has won the Europa League before, convincing him to come to Greece just to play Europa League football is probably a bit harder of a draw. And, and you know, it's still European football at the end of the day. We're still going to hopefully make a run. But I think it is harder to convince some of those more experienced players. And Adi, because of the reasons you said, we don't really want to bring necessarily bring in another young left back. That's not we're not looking for something for the future uh, because, you know, I personally believe Oleg can grow and become that player in in a couple of years. And I mean, he already is good at a lot of things, but like, yeah, like you said, the crossing needs to improve. Um, but like, I think the ideal situation would be a left back that, you know, maybe around 30 years old available on a free or a cheap deal that comes in for a couple of years. But a lot of those guys are probably wanting champions league football, or if they're not wanting champions league football, it's probably just because they're not that good. And that's why we're getting uh, these types of names that aren't as, as big and shiny. His crossing, Oleg's crossing looked a little bit better at the last game. I have to say, yes, like he whipped in a few balls that you know he actually got his foot through them and they you know got some got some air and some curl, like some whip into the, into the box. So, I mean, I say it got better because it couldn't get possibly any worse. But... <laughs> you can't get worse for O for seven if you get it. Doesn't get much worse than that. Not at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that I think he. I think that's fine. When if that's the only problem the player has, that's those are better problems to have for me because there's some stuff that's so difficult to work on. The mentality of a player is that's so difficult to work on. Psycho player psychology is absurd, and it's not much that you can you can do anything with because it's not like everybody's the same. It's not like it, everyone conforms to a book and you can fix their mold and their mentality. 
So if that's what we have to deal with, and that's something that can be fixed with a couple, you know, an hour a day or so after practice, I'd rather have that type of problem. Uh, I have a question for you guys, because it's something that's kind of annoyed me a little bit um, with one player in particular. But there's can we can we close the loop on Manolas because oh, uh, yes about an hour ago our friend Costadinos Llanos uh, reporter that that works for the Sun has written for English newspapers and Dutch etc he was on the show after the Ludogorets game most recently he put out a tweet a while ago saying from a very reliable source that the Manolas deal is uh, is happening now. I messaged him a little while ago and I asked him, okay, mate, can you tell us a little bit more about what you know? And I'm going to read to you what he said. So Costa said, okay, obviously you can't reveal the source to us that generally there is a strong feeling that the transfer is going to go through by the end of the window. Manolas wants to come back to Greece and he's pushing very much so via his agent Mina Raiola. I'd like to remind everybody that Mina Raiola is also um, pushing Madi Camara or he's been asked by Olympiacos to find the big money transfer for Madi Camara. Olympiacos is asking 20 million. I digress and go back. Olympiacos and Napoli have agreed on an amount and the only thing that remains is to agree on how they're going to pay the money in what kind of installments, we don't know. So what Costa Lianos is saying isn't really, um, as he says, breaking news. It's essentially what Sport24 wrote, but he got that confirmed by another source. So there's generally the hope that the transfer is going to go through. That's all... That's all to be said. I don't know if the, I, I didn't read the Sport 24 uh, article, to be honest with you. I don't know if money was cited in the most recent article by Jorga Kopoulos. But until I hear Nikola Kopoulos go on Sport FM and say that he's getting on the plane and Manolas is coming to Greece, I don't believe anything. Well, I just wanted to close the loop on that. Yeah, likewise. There's a lot of shoulds, woulds, maybe coulds, but you know, until he's here or until we hear it from that same source it is what it is and we'll find out we'll find out when he's actually here so now that we've closed the loop on the big stuff there's some small I will say small possible transfers outgoing transfers I want to discuss with you guys because there's five players that are reportedly out the door whether it's loan or sold uh Drager who cares Chumich Soldano Yanis Masuras and Dermishai so whether these players are getting loaned out or sold, it's up in the air, but they're definitely out the door. And I'm a little bit concerned with one in particular, and that's Chumich, because I thought he looked great in the preseason. And we have a donkey on the bench, like Lazar Radejevic, who hasn't done anything for us in a long time. But I, and the goal against Krasnodar in, I, in I 1943. I hate, I hate hearing that. Uh, uh, but... I'd rather him go on loan and see what Chumich has to offer us because even Lazar didn't even look good in preseason, in my opinion. He looked better in some cases, but I still saw a lot of the same idiot, idiot, idiotic mistakes, a lot of the same tendencies 
patterns that I didn't like about the player, which to me indicates that he's not moving anywhere. We haven't seen any improvement. Maybe what we saw was catching lightning in a bottle, so to speak. So as far as Drager's concerned, I don't care. I have not super impressed with him. We paid a million for him, whatever. The but Chumich and and even maybe Yanis Masuras, I'm a little concerned with because I thought Yanis Masuras did well in Poland. But I guess I could understand if he's a head case and he got into a spat with Martins in the past. Maybe Martins just not wanting to deal with it. Yeah, I mean my my thoughts briefly on these guys. Um, Yanni Masuras, I wish could get a better shot. I think he's probably a better player than Drager is. Uh, but I also, it kind of gives me a vibe of like a, a right-footed Kutris where it's just like, we're never going to know what happens. It's not about how good they are on the pitch. Something Martins in the dressing room happened and it's just best for him to move on. Um, I genuinely think Yanni Masuras, if he goes to a team like Ike, which I kind of hope he doesn't, I hope he leaves Greece and plays for an actual team. Um, but if, if he gets his run in a, in a big, a club that plays in Europe, I honestly think, uh, he starts at right back for the ethnic key. If he's given that opportunity, uh, I think he's a young player with some promise, but maybe just doesn't happen here to be honest, guys. I, I like, we still kind of need a right back in a weird way. Um, and so I don't, I'm not saying Drager is the guy, but I am saying that like he, I, I, a bit disappointed we haven't even given him the slightest bit of a look. I understand he's not that good and like we he didn't knock our socks off, but um I don't know. I, I another one where yeah, it's probably just best for him to move on, maybe alone, but um I am kind of disappointed he didn't even get a look. Soldano, very unremarkable player, we have to say. You know, um I remember the transfer coming in and it seemed like a big deal, but just never really anything happened to it there. Um, is he better than Hassan though? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, if Tiquinho comes back, we don't really, I don't think have to worry too much, but, um, yeah, probably best for Soldano to head out, but, um, and Dermashine as well. Let's see if we can con a small team in Greece to, to buy money for him and we can actually get something in return. He's not really much of a player and he's not going to do anything for Olympiakos. And, uh, yeah, Adi, I, I, uh, reflect your, sentiments about Chumich and Lazar. I think uh, we saw in preseason Chumich looks a lot more dangerous, a lot more creative, um, really, you know, more multidimensional in terms of what he does when he gets the ball, a bit more uh, technical in terms of his end product. Definitely would have rather seen him in the team than Lazar. And here we are, Lazar stealing a living at Olympiakos, still on the team. It's a bit disappointing, to be honest. I wish we could swap their roles but uh, I think it's just a thing where if you you earn Martin's trust by playing and Lazar has happened to play, and so he always will have Martin's trust. Chumich has not played for Olympiakos very much apart from friendlies, and so he doesn't have Martin's trust. I, I think it's really just as simple as that, but I do think it's unfortunate. On Chumich, I just think he's too far down the pecking order. You've got Versailles ahead of him. Um, you you just bought on Yakuru. You've got Masuras, who's a starting player. Valbuena is playing on on the wing sometimes too. And Lopez. And it's what you it, it is what you said as well a little bit, Peter. Is that he hasn't really, you know, he is so far down the pecking order that he's never going to get 
a chance to prove anything and it's very rare that Martins throws in players like that that he doesn't trust, just like you said. Um, I do agree with both of you that I would prefer to keep him as opposed to uh, Radjelovic based on what we've seen the last year, year and yeah, year and a half with him. I've been really patient with Lazar, but just not seeing anything from him. And I think the fact that Martins hasn't played him in the last, I think, two, three games, I think that says something. That Borussai started the game against Ludogorets, that he didn't even come on as a sub. He didn't feature against uh, Bratislava the other day either. I don't know what's happening there. Um, maybe they're waiting for bids for both. Maybe one of them goes. Maybe it's Radivic that goes. Maybe it's Cimic that stays. I don't know. There was a rumour that he would go to Atromitos on loan. So yeah. maybe that says something in the sense that we're not looking to sell him. Because I think that would be a bit stupid. We we bought him in on you know we bought him in with quite some hopes and dreams on on both sides. Young player, I think he's still twenty two years old. He was a top scorer in the Serbian league as a right winger. Played in Spain last year. Got some good experience. I I think it would would be a shame to just get rid of him and and not give him a chance. Yani Masura, I'm. I don't know if uh, you know he, he tried something with Martins' wife, or I, I don't know what. Uh, I, I don't. Happened. Yeah, I, I, I can see that Yanis Masuras is not tactically all there, but he is. I think he is statistically proven to be the fastest player in the Super League in Greece. So, I mean, I. I I would like I would have liked to have seen him at preseason. I don't know why he wasn't at preseason. Big questions there. Uh, Draga hasn't even played a friendly. Yes, he was on international duty. And we've got one right back. We've got one right back, Kenny Lala, and that's it. Martins must have a pretty hot wife because a lot of players are getting banished from the squad. Maybe they're all just moving to her. I don't know. We can only speculate, but yeah, I, I, I think it's weird. It's it, they are fringe players at the end of the day, but um, you know, I think it's a bit too late. Maybe guys, do we, uh, do we want to complain about Epo? I think it's well, the, the Yanis Masuras thing goes a step deeper though, because we're in COVID summer trying to fund this Manola purchase. Right. And Marinakis has talked about how we lost the 25 million money's tight. Does, and we're, we're looking, we're actively looking for reinforcements at the right back position. And there's a comment here uh, about if we buy a new right back, what happens to Lala? Lala has a place in the team. He does. He has a place in the team. Whether or not he's going to be the starter on is one thing. But if you're tight on money, you need a real right back as reinforcements. It doesn't make sense for me not to include Yanis Masuras. But then on the other hand, when we do get a second right back, what the hell happens to Adruzos? Because I know that he's not a right back, but I want to see the kid play. He has value for us. And if we bring in another right back, Adruzos isn't going to ever see the field because he's never going to see the field in the midfield. Let's be honest, especially if Mari Camara isn't sold. So there's just a lot of annoying pieces that could move around that could really just make this a mess of a situation. I, I, I have a better question. If we're really going to pay, let's say, 10 million or more than 10 million for Manolas, why on earth aren't we spending that money on a left back? 
Well, not that money, but why aren't we spending money on a left back and a right back where we have a need? So, yeah, let's go and pay 10 million for Manolas because Manolas loves the club. My Nags and Manolas are good friends and Damn, we love airport. Us, which we which we do. But it's like we don't have the money to to spend on a left back or, or wing backs in general. But we're gonna pay an arm and a leg for Manolas. Nobody's actually. How has nobody asked that question? How am I the only? How am I the only person to just think about that right now? I defy anyone. Find me an article or something where somebody's raised that. How are we going to spend money on Manolas? We're going to spend ten plus, but we can't find the frigging left back. In two years, by the way. This has been the left back, right back issue has been two years since we sold TV Gusset Omar. This has been a two year problem that could have been solved if last summer we had just purchased rice and just paid, or sorry, Zaidu. If we had just paid the money for Zaidu, we could have Zaidu playing left back for us from the beginning. And we probably wouldn't have it, have had the fiasco that we had back then. And we have Ruben Tomato playing for some other team. Oh, if only. And then Dream. Rice after that, Mateus Rice. We didn't want to pay because he was a it was a contract year. We didn't want to pay what was it the extra one and a half million for it? Who looks dumb now? Like we were well, actually, funny enough, Mateus Rice has been not a fan favorite at Sporting recently. He has been they have not been saying nice things about him. So maybe we did dodge a bullet there. But this has been a two year problem that hasn't been solved. And then you see money getting thrown at a position we're not in need of, and not addressing the others. It's very, very interesting. Got some comments <laughs> coming in, but <laughs> there we go. Of course, you were. Of course, you were thinking the same thing. Muscaria <laughs> says, "Costa, I was exactly thinking the same thing. I was just too lazy to go and write a comment. Thanks for covering me, guys. What's what's changing the subject here? What's hap- What's going to happen with the Super League?" It's Every never other team is playing. The Premier League is is on fire. The Bulgarian League is on fire, and that's Ludogorets got a couple extra matches to be fit and beat us. Epo has done it again, lads. They've done it again. Is not is not Epo. It's not Epo's fault. To be fair, yeah. The small the teams league. in Greece have done it again. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So so. Can, can, I, can I just explain this real quick? Um, yeah, give the yes. context, Costa. Give the full context so everybody understands what the – for those that may not know the news, explain the full context yeah. for us. Okay, so some years ago, basically, the issue of TV rights wasn't an issue in a sense that all teams were under the same umbrella. They all went with with Nova Sports. And then a couple of years ago, Balk basically said, F you – uh, we want to find money somewhere else. And then they ended up doing their Palk TV thing with their silly subscriptions, which flopped. And now they created this whole situation where there's a bidding war essentially between Nova Sports and Cosmote. Bring that to today's context so I don't go on and on and on. Some clubs have gone with Nova Sports. Some clubs have gone with Cosmote. And there were five clubs uh, that hadn't signed up or hadn't got TV rights. And that's why the first round of the Super League was suspended. Now, there were reports earlier in the week that the five clubs had agreed a deal with Cosmote and that the Super League would start 
next week. So the first the first round fixture, Olympiakos Atromitos, would take place next weekend. But there are now reports saying that the five teams that signed up with Cosmodere, they're now saying we want a closed two-year contract and Cosmodere is offering one plus one. Now, <laughs> the clubs that now want a two-year contract are also, incidentally, the favourites to be relegated, if you look at the odds. I think one of them is Apollonas, one of them is Lamia. I can't remember who the other ones were. So now they're all saying there's no guarantee that we're going to stay up and we're all favourites for promotion. But by the way, give us a two-year guaranteed contract. It's unheard of. It's unheard of. Guys, it's ridiculous. I just I this is maybe a hot take, but uh maybe this is what happens when more than half of your league is genuinely threatened to relegation every year. Like literally I there are five teams in the Super League that I can confidently say will not get relegated next season. That's like a third of the league. The rest of those teams like could very easily go down. And when you have that many shit teams that are of such a low quality compared to the top four or five in the league, then that is why these silly proposals gain as much traction as they do. That's just my opinion. I know it's not all of the relegation tier teams asking for this stuff, but it just seems like a product of the fact that there are too many teams in the goddamn league and most and a handful of these teams should be in the second division now anyways because they're not even close to the top i'm not even just saying close to olympiacos they're not even close to pauk and ike wait wait for it. so actually there was a lot of talk going around the media greek press greek circles that the five teams that we talked about they're all very close to pauk and Bauk was also one of the teams that wasn't accepting a deal. Bauk didn't want the league to start. So, is again, it's really unfortunate that these these five teams they found a deal, and then the next day, all of a sudden, ah, no, deal's off. We went a two-year contract. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm, spe- I'm speculating, but where there's smoke, there's fire, as we yeah. say in Greek. Well, for me, I'm going to echo something I brought up multiple times because this all stems from the fact that, uh, and Gosa, to kind of reiterate what you brought up already, the way it's worked in the past is we had Nova Sports, who for the last 10 years has pretty much been the main coverer of uh, the Greek Super League. But even though they're the ones that cover the Super League, every team has always had to negotiate with them individually. And this is one of the issues because all the top leagues, if you look at all of the top leagues across Europe, we'll say the top 10, they all negotiate their deals co- with a collective bargaining. So the, the league negotiates this rate with whoever is getting the license for the marketing, overseas, domestic, what have you. And then that money then gets funneled back to the teams in, a, in, an, in an even manner. Most teams do two separate types of payouts. They do what's called a um, uh, meritocracy payout. So it's like, or a merit-based payout, depending on where you place, you get more money. And But everybody gets the same share of just TV rights money. Greece has never done this. 
And if we had done this in the past, then maybe this wouldn't be an issue. But you have always had teams had to negotiate individually with these organizations. And this started a couple years ago. The, I'll say the Fasaria with everybody trying to go to different places to get deals, as Gosta mentioned, with Pauk. Why? Because that season, we got a deal with Nova for, I think, 11 million euros, something like that. And Ike had gotten 7 million. And they offered Balk the same as Ike. And Balk thought that was unforgivable. They wanted more. They wanted to be making what Libyakos was making. So that's when this started. And then, of course, now it's caused a series of events to occur that lead to this same nonsense year after year after year. So there are two things that can be done to address this. One, the league does a collective bargaining agreement, takes over the rights themselves and says, hey, we're negotiating it. And then everybody gets this, and then the payouts go like this. Would that ever happen under the current climate? Absolutely not, because there's so many different issues, politics, and bureaucracies that are ingrained into our game that we can't get out. There's a holistic study that just happened that we brought up where UEFA told EPO, this has to change. They told the board, you guys have to change this. Or there will be consequences. And we still haven't changed it yet. Our board thought they were suggestions. And they think UEFA isn't serious. This is the problem. The problem predates to that. Fix that. collect, Make it collective bargaining. And you fix all of this. Plain and simple. Hey, guys. Um, can we just... Uh, I know there was like a bit of talk of like realignment of the leagues last year. But like... God, wouldn't it be great if Olympiakos could just like set sail on the Greek Super League and like just play with like Serie A or something like that? Like, I don't know how that would work from a logistics standpoint, but like for crying out loud, like this league doesn't like for so many reasons, like being in the Greek Super League and like the Greek Cup, it just it's just more of a hindrance and a nuisance than anything. It's like, oh God, we have to play La Mia. We have to play Asteras Tripoli for the fourth time this season. We have to like wait for these fixtures. There's all this uncertainty. Costa, Costis Costis makes this good point that these games that are being postponed are going to be pushed back probably to some super inconvenient time from us. And there's going to be a massive clogging of fixtures and our players are going to get tired. And Martins is going to play Matthew Valbuena every game and he's going to die and get hurt because that's what Martins does. Um, it's just like, it's just so, so frustrating. And, and it really holds us back for so many reasons in terms of what we can do in Europe. Like, I know this is completely unrealistic and will never happen. And it's very hard to feasibly do, but God, it'd be nice to just find another league to play in anyway. Well, more on that. It doesn't make you feel better when your president, the EPO president, Zagorakis, the statement that he made was hopelessness. I don't know if you guys read the statements. And you know what? I wish I had copy pasted it here and pulled it up so we could read it. But literally, it just read of hopelessness. He's like, oh, I hope this changes. Like, he, It seemed like he there was nothing that he could do or he had no idea what he could do. And that doesn't make me feel good. Here's a guy, an actual... Euro champion, a person who played the game, uh, an actual Greek football player, a football person, like Sabrakos had mentioned to us, a football person in a position of power, and he's helpless. That sucks. 
That means there's no hope. If an actual football person can't do anything about it, what is what hope is there? What hope is there to fix the problem? There's none. If if somebody like Zagorakis, an actual football guy, can't fix the problem, what what are we gonna do? We just have to deal with what we're we just have to deal with what's being given, and it sucks. And I wish we could switch leagues. That would be really, really, really nice, but I don't think it's gonna happen. It just sucks. The whole thing just sucks. We have a. Oh, this is a I just want to address this. Oh, sorry, Costa. What was that? I wanted to address this comment here. Um, from from. Uh, Jake. I, I, I was just, just going to say it's a huge discussion, isn't it? I mean, you can start talking about the the Super League and our friend Zafir Apo Five is saying, yeah, the European Super League suddenly doesn't sound like such a bad idea. Oh, I mean, I've I've always kind of had this idea in my head that maybe some of the the leagues in the Balkans could merge together, mm-hmm. um, like Turkey, Serbia, Bulgaria, you Croatia. know, the top teams from those leagues. That would be really interesting because th- this is just, it's like I'm sorry to say it, but it's like wildfires in Greece. It's like every summer, you know, there are going to be wildfires and you know that the super league is going to be delayed and that we're going to be having this shit every year, just waiting. And actually I did some research now that we were talking. Balk is the only team that hasn't signed a contract guys. They were getting 9.5 million Euro last season. uh, And they're asking 10 million now. And I'm sorry, but fuck you bulk like you're essentially holding up holding the entire league hostage and you can't even beat Rijeka at home and are probably going to get knocked out of the conference league qualifiers and won't be playing in Europe and you're going to lose the league because you're shit um I'm so fed up of their crap like it's it's pathetic like they're they're holding everybody hostage and once again Olympiakos is going to be fighting in Europe for the for the frigging Greek coefficient which nobody cares about and nobody in Epo gives a shit about Greek football maybe Zagoragis does but Zagoragis is a puppet somebody brought it up in the, in the chat as well Zagoragis is a puppet he can't do anything he he said in his statement Ari essentially yeah what you said so like, oh this is a horrible situation I'm very sorry that we can't do anything so cheers mate you're president of Epo do you have any solutions uh you're a former politician can you try and you know Break some eggs, try and bring some people together. What are we talking about, guys? It's like this is unfortunately this is this is Greece. This is Greek football. Tig. Um, I don't know what else to say. Credit where it's due, though. He did unlock the funds for the stadium maintenance. That's like the one thing I can think of that Zagorakis has done since he became president. That we only tapped into like less than twenty percent of funds available to us by UEFA, and he actually tapped into that to help get some of these stadiums fixed up. So that's that. I'll give him that. But yeah, for this, it's I don't know what else to say, guys. I just want to address this comment from Shay Giles because I think people are are maybe getting the impression that I hate Greece or something. I don't hate Greece. This comment says, "Surely you want the Greek league to improve and not just sleep, guys." I would love. I I want the Greek league to improve. I also want to marry Rihanna. I also want my microphone back, but it's stuck in Toronto, probably in customs. Um, I, I want, to. there are a lot of things I want to do, but it's just not realistic at this point. Like first and foremost, I want Olympiacos to win European trophies. Okay. And like Costa said, Pauk 
are too busy not playing in Europe this year because they barely beat a tiny club from Ireland. And when we're playing the replayed fixtures in December, as we're trying to win our Europa League group, let's say, Pauk are going to be twiddling their thumbs, not playing in Europe, getting ready for the big tie against La Mia to get within 19 points of first place in the league. Right? This is the level. This is what we have to deal with. I understand maybe you want to you wanna think for yourself. I understand that. I, as Olympiacos, we want to be good. But, Pauk, you're holding everyone up. Like, we all know that Pauk care about other clubs. They care about other clubs so much that they've owned other clubs in the past. So, like, I don't, I don't see what, what's happening here. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I'm, I'm very tired of this BS that happens every year with the Cup last year, making them, like, play with no new signings. Like, it's all BS. Um, and I would love to see the Greek League improve. I love Greece. I love the heritage of Greece and all this stuff. But it's so in the mud, as I think Zafiropo 5 said, that I just do not have any confidence that we will improve and Yakintos in his comments says this as well let's be honest is there any way to improve the league anymore i think it's almost impossible now let look it's the just to separate like what we are actually saying right from some of the the hyperbole we obviously want the greek league to improve right we would love that but look at the position our club is in our club is in a very very fortunate position Look at the other clubs, right? We're we're at a place no other no other club in Greece can right now dream of being in. All right, we are very privileged in that respect. But at the same time, because of where we've gotten, we are beyond what the Greek league can offer us. Can we say that the Greek league now is more detrimental to us? Than anything else. It doesn't help us. Yes. And actually, when stuff like this happens and the league gets delayed, it hurts us. This is hurting us, not just in terms of our play, in terms of us getting into shape as a team, but financially. Because this league didn't start early, because of the shit that's happened, we played against a team that actually had played real games, was a team collectively. Forget some of the other nonsense. Let's just hold all things equal here. And we lost $25 million because of it. The league has now cost us money because that $25 million is almost double what we get from the Greek league just for marketing rights. And forget the money we get from winning the league and cup double. That's pennies. That's freaking pennies. You know what? Let's assume we do win the league and cup double. Throw that money with the TV rights money. We still make double just by making the group stage. Pathetic. It's pathetic. Therefore, the Greek league is holding us back. It is holding us back right now. And... That is a situation that we are very fortunate as a club to be in because no other club in Greece can say that. But because of that, because the issue we find ourselves in, it's not that we don't want the Greek league to improve. It's just that because of what's going on the last few years, it's holding us back as a club. This is the problem, okay? Now, realistically, could we ever leave? Probably not. I doubt we could ever go join another league. It's No, no one's ever done it before for a reason. But it's just frustrating, and this is us venting our frustration because we have to deal with this crap every season. And for some of the other teams that aren't dealing with the major European money or they're playing in European Conference League and can't even fucking do anything there, it doesn't matter to them. But it matters to us because we have higher expectations. Greece, winning, winning the Greek League is here, right? This is the expectation. This is what the smaller clubs have aspirations for. 
we're, we're higher. We're in a different universe. We're in a different solar system than they are. That's where our aspirations are. But we can't get there because this, our anchor is tied to this, and it keeps dragging us down. This is the problem, and this is what's so frustrating. Now, I'm not saying our club is perfect. I'm not saying that we also don't lead to our own demise in some respects. I'm just pointing out the frustration of the reality of the landscape we're in. That's it. Adi, to extend on that metaphor, this is... Oh, this is you're muted, by the way. To extend on the metaphor, this is winning the league. This right here is 30 points. Here's Falk. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I just... <laughs> As, as much as I want to continue bashing on our, not opposition, but on our rivals, to extend on Ari's point, if you're if you're up here and the league is, is this far down below you and it's dragging you down, then what's your incentive to, to invest more every summer? That is a question, like, it is a reasonable question for me. Uh, yes, we keep on dreaming. Yes, we want to do something in Europe. But I that that that's a reality. And there's one last thing that I want to say because Stell, our friend Stell from the OLB podcast, Shoot the Defense Media Network, he asked us a question a couple of weeks ago when we were on his show. And it's why does everybody or half of Greece hate Olympiacos? And is all this talk about you know refs and this and that and the other? Like, what do we say to that? And I talked to him about the money we'd invested, the players we bought in, and I regret that I didn't say the following, and I'll say it now since we're having this conversation. Balk fans, Orcs, Ayak fans, Vaseli, you have no right to talk about us when you lose to Mostir or whatever that team is called that finished third in the Bosnian league. You have no right to talk about us holding Greek football hostage and taking away the money. You don't need money to go and beat the third team in Bosnia. You don't need money to beat Bohemians from Ireland, a semi-pro team convincingly. You don't need Champions League money to beat Slovan Bratislava. The list goes on and on and on. What the hell have they done in Europe the last 10 years and for how long? Are they going to keep sucking on that candy stick? That for all of Greek Greek football's problems, it's Olympiagos to blame because we took the Champions League money. We didn't reinvest it. Screw you. I'm fed up of that excuse. It's utter bullshit. And some of the foreign listeners that are listening tonight, Greek ones too. It's, it's, stop sucking on that candy stick. It's over. You can't talk. You can't talk to us when you lose to these teams. You can't talk when you've contributed zero points to the Greek coefficient in more than five to ten years. I'm done. There's a comment here that came in from Viper3. If it's only the league holding you back, then why is Marinakis failing miserably in the UK with Nottingham Forest? This is a completely different... It's It doesn't even relate one way to another. Marinakis isn't running this club, okay? He's the president, okay? He He's the financial source the fountain with which it comes but he has individuals that are making these decisions now at nottingham forest he came in he took over it's been a few years he put people in he put people in charge there it didn't work and now he shuffled it up again that's not 
on him. And that has nothing to do with why the Greek league is holding him back. There's not the same politics in England that's in Greece. It's not the same issues and money being spent in England as Greece. It's a completely different ball game. He also hasn't owned Nottingham Forest as long as he's owned Olympiacos. He's owned Nottingham Forest, what, it's been four or five years, right? Something like that. He's owned Olympiacos. We're on year 11 now. He's had a lot more time here. The landscape is also much more comfortable to him here. You can't compare either one of those things. There's another comment here from Mitsaras, 87A, would be a nice boost to get Alafuzos out of Panathinaikos, and they get Votaninos and new ownership. We've said a lot, not having a healthy Panathinaikos does hurt us because you need that healthy competition to keep you on your toes. Um, and I'm not going to defend Alafuzos because I think that he's, I think that Alafuzos has, is currently holding Panathinaikos back. But at the same time, I don't blame Alafuzos necessarily for the position that Panathinaikos was in. Greeks seem to have very short memories and Greeks seem to forget what the Vardinoyanis family did to Panathinaikos, the money they took out of Panathinaikos the debt they left it with. And Alafuzos had to deal with all of that himself. Now say what you want about the guy. Now that it's in order, he's... Don't a- defend him. Don't defend him. Screw him. I'm just, I'm just pointing this out, that, that I, I don't necessarily blame their ill fate on him. As far as I'm concerned, they could be shit forever. It's hilarious for me. I'm just pointing out because I tend to be a little bit more sympathetic towards some businessman as somebody that runs a business himself, the position that he was in sucked. And he at least got them out of it. He, it's not like he had a free pass like Ike. They got relegated, and then all their debt went away. Melisaridas got them for, what, five euros? Come on. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. But, I mean, this is – we also have to remember the recession – really fucked Greece up in many ways. So a lot of that, we're still recovering from the stuff that happened eight years ago financially. And that's really something important to remember. Just just, just saying, at least. Well, um, all very good points made. Folks, we're running a bit over an hour here. I think we are going to wrap up. Adi and Costa, if you do have any final words on this debate, more than welcome. But uh, we don't want this one to run too long here. Costa, you got something? I'm looking forward to the game on Thursday. And we will try and put up a pregame, something ahead of that. And, And I do pray that the Super League actually starts next week. As crappy as our league is, it should be called Super Shit instead of Super League, maybe. Um, but I want to watch football. I want to watch football. I want to watch my team play. So as, as bad as it is, I want to watch Olympiacos two times a week. So I do hope for the best, and I hope that they can find a deal. Yep. Yeah, I like, I, I like I, putting I... this thing on to support my team. But I put it on more now so we can record this podcast, not because I'm watching the team that often. I exactly. like watching us score five goals against Atromitos and La Mia. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I, Paul, I, we teased a bit of pregame in the title. Sorry for the clickbait, 
but we will have an episode coming out. If you know anyone who has expertise on Slovan Bratislava, give us a DM, Gate7INTL. We're always looking for people to come in and give us the perspective from our opponents. See if they have any hope coming into this game, what you think they might do. Um, so we'll be working on that, but we will have another, even if short, but we'll have another episode out before the game for that. Um, additionally, make sure to leave a like if you're watching on YouTube. Um, give us a comment if you enjoyed or have any thoughts on anything that you heard. We will answer the comments. We love interacting in the comment section. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if uh, if you enjoy and you know subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to as well if you're listening on audio. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, especially if you've made it this far. I like this comment from Costis Costis as well. When the Super League does start, it might be fun to do a little bit of predicting. So that might be something that we can throw in. So I do love that idea. That's something we'll certainly consider. But uh, until then, thank you so much, everybody. And uh, we'll see you very soon. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Trilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.